for me, it was a sign of like, wow, if I'm this sad, I'm feeling this much grief, that shows how much I loved these people. Like how much love, how much I just went all in and love these people so much that it hurts this bad um, to not have them here with me physically. And so I actually found a deep level of, um, of understanding with death at that point. And it had been so close to me in my life that, that uh, really patient for life. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Class is in session, about to learn a lesson in the game. We embrace the pain, take it and we make some change. Without scarcity, I don't know where I'll be. It's how we learn and now it's your turn. Let's get it. Welcome to the University of Adversity. So one of the number one things I get asked all the time is, Lance, when are you going to launch a podcast course? When can I learn to do what you do? So now the time has finally come. And I've partnered up with another fellow podcaster, Julian Guterlai from Green Planet, Blue Planet. We have over 400 episodes combined, reached multiple tens of thousands of people, and impacted a lot of lives. We decided to come together and create an eight-week program. We're going to do eight 90-minute calls throughout the process. We're going to break down how it all works from start to finish. Podcasting is an interesting game right now. A lot of people fail because they don't get the right information in the beginning and they either quit because they underestimate the amount of work it takes or they just don't know what they're doing. So we want to provide you something so that you can learn from the mistakes we made, start it off, hitting the ground running, and actually have success. So having an eight-week program where we're going to have a small group, 10 to 12 people, we're going to be able to talk, we're going to be able to communicate and really figure out what questions you have, what's stopping you, and how to break through any barriers like that. So you're going to be able to launch this thing feeling amazing and confident. And not only that, it's a community feel. So it's always better to have a support group around you when doing something like this. And I believe this will be a life-changing opportunity. So we're looking for 10 to 12 people. If you're interested or you feel called to this, I highly recommend checking it out. You can find on my Instagram, lance.esios. It's in the bio, the top one. It says, launch your own podcast course. If you click on there, it'll give you all the information and then we can hop on a call and answer any questions that you have. So I highly suggest if you're feeling called to start a podcast, but if you don't have the tools, the resources, you don't know how to do it, this is perfect for you. We'll help you the entire way to start and launch your podcast so it can be successful. So if you're feeling called, check it out. Link is in the bio on my Instagram, or if you feel like you want more information beforehand, send me a DM, happy to answer any questions, or email me anytime. And we are back. What's happening, everybody? Hope you guys are having a beautiful day today. This is your first time here. Welcome to the family. All you regular listeners, welcome back. Love you guys. If you're new here, make sure to get subscribed. All you got to do is hit that subscribe button on Apple. Yes, it's all free. Don't worry about it. It's not going to charge you anything. And if you guys get any value, I really appreciate a review on Apple. I'm going to start, I want to start stacking these. You know, I think we got over a hundred, but I want to get, I want to get thousands of these things. I want to see all of the value that this show is bringing. 
So I'd really appreciate it. And if you do get value, share it with a friend as well, right? Um, yeah, so this guest today is a pretty amazing dude. We had an awesome conversation. Um, we really got into like a really powerful spiritual mind-body conversation, which I love. And it was kind of the perfect addition to the week because we've had we've had a couple different um, different topics, and this was like a great addition to this week. So, my next guest name is Charles Clay. He's an acclaimed speaker, author, and inner peace coach with an extensive background in kinesiology and neurokinetic pain relief therapy. He is the founder of Empowered Men's Group Training and Mastermind helping men move through fear and anxiety to discover their true purpose. As a gifted catalyst for healing, an expert at optimizing human potential, Charles has a unique gift for transforming pain into purpose and helping men and women create a life by design instead of by default. Charles offers six easy steps to attracting your dream life, included in his practice of good morning rituals with guided embodiment movements, energy clearing, breath work, and alignment activations. And we're live. Charles, what's going on, my man? How are you? Very well. Happy to be here, brother. <laughs> yeah, happy to have you, man. And as uh, discussed, you know, got the sunburn here for all of you that are going to see this <laughs> on YouTube. So I just addressed, addressed the elephant in the room. That's why I'm so red. <laughs> and for yep. all of you listening, you guys can get the picture. <laughs> so, dude, I'm, I'm happy to have you here. It's a very interesting time to be alive. We've been going through, you know, from this quarantine stuff to the racial stuff that's going on. There's a big shift happening in the world. There's a lot of, lot of stuff happening. So where I want to, what I've decided to start this conversation off, and lately it's kind of where I want to go because I feel like it's a good place to start, is if you could give yourself some advice the January 2020 self with what you know now, what advice would you give that person? Mm, love this question. Man, I, I have a lot of advice from my younger version of myself. <laughs> 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 so, which piece to tune into? Uh, man, you know, I would, the, the first thing that comes to heart is trust, trust, trust in the process, mm. trust in, in the magic of life, allow it to unfold and, and stay the course. You know, we're, we're always getting signs, signals and, and messages when we're uh, falling out of alignment. So um, the quicker we can tune into those and, and find our way back to the path of highest excitement and joy, then um, the easier life gets, you know, mm -hmm. keep following our intuition. So um, it took me a while to, to really establish that trust. And a lot of that was um, building my self-trust to get there. How do you know if you're out of alignment or not? You know, like what is like, cause some people are more in tune with that and I'm mm -hmm. definitely more in tune than I used to be. It's mm -hmm. becoming a lot more, um, I, I, I can just feel it, you know? And I just think a lot of people, it takes a while to sort of fine tune that. So for yourself, like how do you know and what are some things you can do to either get back in alignment or be aware that you're out of alignment? Mm -hmm. Great question. Um, you know, I, I feel like the universe gives us like a little feather, kind of mm -hmm. like a nice little, hey, 
you're a little off course here, you know? And, and if we don't pay attention to that, then it's like we get hit upside the head with a brick, you know, it's kind of a louder message. And then uh, metaphorically, if you don't pay attention to the bricks, then, then uh, it might be a Mack truck or, or like a huge um, incident, you know, like, um, so one, one message that we get, like you said, it's a feeling, right? So um, one loud and clear message can be pain, right? So pain stands for pay attention inward now, right? So if we're taking a bunch of painkillers, try not to tune into that message, it's like driving your car with the check engine light on, right? Like how, how long are you gonna go before you really bring your attention there and, um, and make some changes necessary, right? So that's been, uh, pain has been a huge teacher in my life. And then um, on the other end of that spectrum, because um, this life, three-dimensional plane, is about contrast. So um, we also have our guidance system of emotions, right? So our emotional guidance system, which is like, you know, attuning to our highest joy, highest excitement. And, um, and that's like living the vacation vibration when you keep following that path. So that's the broad spectrum. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's for sure. And for myself, I feel that meditation has been the gateway to figuring out and quieting down the noise to be able to know when things don't feel right. You know, in everyday life, mm-hmm. I feel that also because people are so used to medicating in different ways of discomfort that it's almost normal and there's never a chance to feel a lot of people never give themselves a chance to feel. And I feel Mm -hmm. that in this situation, what's coming to me is, is meditation allows that quietness and allows you to actually feel those things. Mm -hmm. Right. That's some of the greatest work that we can do right now. Yeah. Is to come back to that quiet place, drop from here into here feel it so we can heal it and come back into alignment because that place of alignment with the highest version of ourselves or the higher power or however you want to um, see it through your lens is where we are in open receptive mode. And then we can receive what is the highest excitement next? What is the next step? It's the inspired action. And what a difference, um, operating from that place inspired action with the greatest interest of all involved as opposed to operating from this place which is might be fight or flight mode uh, low level anxiety overwhelm you know where we're we're getting a little hijacked and it's easy to succumb to brainwashing and and um, distractions and then and then we're operating from like this place of the ego where it's like what's in it for me you know like what can i get out of this and just two totally different operating systems and the mind is an amazing instrument um, but it's not a great master right so when we can come back into heart coherence with practices like meditation breath work even movement um, to release resistance and there's so many great tools now and um, you know one of mine has been this um, emotional intelligence process and it's been um, just a really simple step-by-step process to exactly like you mentioned unpack uh what we've been just stuffing in our issues and our tissues 
You know, it's like a lot of us, um, it might not be sugar or alcohol. Maybe it's doing, right? We're just like, no, got to keep busy. Got to keep busy. And then when you finally sit down and, and um, drop in for a moment and rest, it's like, whoa, all these emotions come up because you're finally taking the time to feel it. And each emotion has value. Like I've, yeah. you know, the, the more courage we have to sit with some of the heavier emotions, um, remembering that this too will pass. There are some golden nuggets, some silver lining and some, some golden linings in the depths of each emotion that, that we can learn some blessings and, and lessons from. And then, you know, then we get to take those and share that aspect and the rest continues to move energy in motion and um, and then we become better at this process of um, allowing emotions to move through us and and turning our reticular activation onto what can we gain from it? Like what is here to learn from this experience? And and then we're worthy of all the human experiences instead of trying to like limit. Like ah, I don't want to feel you know grief right now, or I don't want to feel sadness. You know I just want to be happy all the time. So there are certain people that can operate like that, um, that, you know, don't feel a lot of sadness, remorse, um, and, and grief and guilt. And they're called psychopaths. You know, we mm. see how, you know, with those type of people operating on that type of system, it's like, they don't, they don't, they can harm people without a lot of, uh, emotional consequences. So, um, so I feel like, you know, really having the courage to dive in to what's present, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of people have been feeling the collective anger and the collective hate and even sadness um, going on in the world right now. So as each of us takes the time to drop in and go through our process of alchemizing those emotions and that energy, then that's coming back into alignment. That's doing some of the greatest work that we can do right now, mm. you know, and um, I fully believe that uh, world peace is possible. It starts with inner peace. So each of us doing mm. our part. Yeah, that's, it's so important. It has to start with us. It has to mm -hmm. start with our individual self, the conversations, the, our relationships. It has to start with us. It can't be anybody else. You can't change other people. Right. <laughs> Boy, we've tried though, right? It's fun <laughs> trying. <laughs> like, well, that's just been such a realization as well in my life. And it's almost... It's a liberating feeling knowing that as long as you can do your best for you, like that's a powerful change. Like how you react and how you treat people and how all the things that we can do, those are massive things. Those have massive ripple effects. Mm -hmm. But we're, so many people are looking to point the finger at the other person to make the change. But if we just do and we focus on what we're actually doing and do our best at what we're doing and be a student of life, I mean, that is going to have such an impact on all the relationships around you as well. Huge. Right? Yeah. And if you come from a place of love, not from a place of fear, mm -hmm. right? Then it's in the best interest of all. And yeah. I, feel like, I feel like a couple points there, uh, moving forward into this new world we get to co-create is I think everything's going to have to be based on a foundation of the best interest of all involved, you know, mm. like all of life. Cause everything else we're noticing is just starting to crumble. Like all the systems and corporations that are greedy, that are um, operating on, you know, 
money over the the better well-being of humanity or the earth those are crumbling like a house of cards and and a lot of that people are starting to wake up to that and so um i think that's a, a beautiful vision that i feel and you mentioned another big one that we've been seeing a lot of is um finger pointing right i always find that interesting because you know, I used to do this a lot. And then now it's like recognizing like, wow, every time I'm pointing the finger at someone, I'm literally pointing to where I'm giving my power away. Yeah. It's like, it's like becoming a victim, pointing to where we're giving our power away. And then we always have these fingers pointing back at us to really where to look, right? And yeah, and it's like a reflection of what we... Yeah, let's, let's unpack that a little bit more because mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Mm-hmm. When you're pointing the finger at somebody or it's like anybody that criticizes somebody, it's usually, it's something that is triggering something within them that they need to heal or they need to address or it's hard to wrap your head around it for some people, right? And even for myself, like the longest time, it's, it's so much easier to look at what others are doing and be the victim and go, oh, well, it's, you know, it's the government's fault. Oh, it's the teacher's fault. Oh, it's my coach's fault. Oh, it's, mm-hmm. it's my boss's fault. Right. When, when it's like the people that are doing the best with what they have aren't the ones, you don't even have time to do that. Right. Right. There's right. always that anxiety usually comes from not doing your best, knowing that there's more you could do, which the anxiety comes to like, you need to put that energy somewhere. So you're going to put it into other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of taking responsibility for it. Yeah. For our part, the ability to respond, right. Instead of the reactive, um, you know, just letting the triggers ignite, you know, then it's like, you know, somebody makes me angry and then, you know, Charles 1.0 would be like, then I get angry. And then here we are like playing with fire back and forth. Right. It just, it perpetuates the fire of more anger. Um, Now it's like seeing it through a lens of like, wow, this this guy's experiencing a lot of anger towards me. And um, I'm curious where that comes from. It's almost like, I wonder like what happened to him or um, the person before that that made him angry, like where's the origin of this energy coming from? And, and with a lens of curiosity, it's, um, it's easier to access um, compassion for others mm. when, when we seek to understand instead of the need to be understood. Like, no, you have to understand my point, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because even that is like, like whenever we need to be right, or we need someone to understand us, it's coming from a place of ego. So um, there's not a lot of effective communication, in my opinion, going on at that point. Mm. So I feel like um, three key pillars that have really accelerated my growth and allow me to come back to a place of inner peace more often and access at any time is when engaging in a dialogue, just seeking to understand first where this person's coming from like how did they come to this conclusion you know and then that makes it easier to accept them and their viewpoint even if it doesn't you don't agree with it even if it doesn't resonate with you the least bit it's about as far from your truth as possible still having a level of understanding and acceptance and curiosity into that's interesting like 
how did you come to that conclusion? You know? Yeah. And then, and then the third one is having compassion for your fellow brother, sister, you know, a, another equal, you know, and, and that allows for some, some really powerful communication and conversations to, to ensue. And from that place, it's like, we're still accessing sovereignty. We're still in receptive mode. And then we can access solutions really easily too and begin to brainstorm that instead of getting so caught up in the, you know, source of anger where, you know, the, the fire of the emotions that puts us into the fight or flight response. So mm. it's been a game changer. I've been, it's, it's funny that you brought that up because I've been thinking about that a lot lately about, the acceptance and really getting curious and, and the understanding of where people are at in their life. You know, they having, giving them the credit that, you know what, they live, they're living a life, they're a living being, they're seeing these things for a reason. They have this for a reason, like understanding and coming from a place of compassion and really just, yeah, I mean, being open to what people are saying and not closing them off. You know, we get in these, we have our beliefs and we get so stuck in just the confirmation bias all the time. We don't want to challenge anything that we have that we've been thinking of. And Mark Manson talks about this a lot. He's just, he talks about how important it is to have these conversations that chan that, that challenge your beliefs. And it is not about being right and wrong. It's just about, people have their own opinions. It's okay. That's right. we're entitled to it. And the more I get into this, the more curious and interested I get at why do they think like that? That's cool. Mm -hmm. Why do I need to be right? Because if you're thinking you need to be right all the time, then you're literally closing off any opportunity to learn. Right. Right. And I, you know, with spirituality versus, you know, religion or whatever it is you do, it's like, spirituality is all about unconditional love. It's about accepting and loving people where they're at, mm -hmm. you know? And, and that comes with reaching out and, and, and helping where you can and, and being um, a resource and being an, like, you know, being an ally at building that awareness. And I think mm -hmm. that awareness is just so key. You know, I, I'm reading a book on audiobook called uh, Awareness by Anthony DeMello. And it's, it's incredible. It's just talking about like just the power of awareness and how, oh, it's, I don't even know where to start, but it's mm -hmm. opened up a lot for me as far as like my perspective on how I look at things and to really mm -hmm. just take a step back and just understand, like you said, just, just wanting to be curious and understand these things. Right. Do your best to learn about these things. And uh, yeah, man, it's super powerful stuff. Super powerful. I feel like, Awareness is the first step yeah. in, in that self-development journey, mm. right? And there's a, there's a lot more to come after that. Yeah. Then it's, you know, once you're aware, um, then where do you choose to put your magic wand of attention, right? Mm. Is it on, you know, sometimes I'll catch myself thinking about what am I going to say next instead of fully being present and listening and learning and understanding where this person's coming from. Yeah. So I still come to that awareness and catch myself and then can choose where I'm putting that magic wand of attention because that that's our greatest asset that we're given as human beings. Souls in human form is our attention. Literally wherever it goes, that's where our energy is going. So 
why aren't we more vigilant about where we're placing our attention? You know, like using the art, just mastering the art of discernment Mm. because there's so many distractions and Batman signals out there now that it's like our attention spans are, you know, in general. And so it's like easy to get caught up in that where when we come back to a place of awareness and realize like, is this check-in, is this worthy of my attention right now? Is this where I want my energy going? How does it feel in my body? Is it serving me? Is it serving the greater good? If not, then there's another place for my attention that's much more useful. Yeah, that awareness is so key. Huge, yeah. <laughs> you know, and to not be in reactive mode because of emotional triggers, right? Mm-hmm. To really take a step back. It's so easy to get in a pissing match on social media mm-hmm. with somebody's opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's so easy, man. If you're not in the right state, you can just completely go down that rabbit hole. Right. And at what? Like, why would you... You got to step back and say, is this worth my energy? Like, exactly. is this coming from a place of love or fear? That awareness is so key, man. And That's huge. Yeah. Because it can start with something as simple as a chat on social media yeah. that, that, it, that fires up these triggers within us. And then we can either choose to engage and create an argument and a conflict, or we can just look inward, notice what's coming up and take our attention into where is there internal conflict within myself that's that's allowing this reflection to show up Mm. journal that shit right away too right get it out on paper because that's journaling is such an emotional it's it's just like it's i've i couldn't believe how much journaling can take that emotional stress out of your your psyche and out of like mm-hmm. your traumas and it's really profound you know when you can channel that stuff on the paper you don't need to say it out loud to people mm-hmm. i mean you can but that 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 act of like the the stepping back and just getting it down is such a huge thing and then you can walk away going wow i'm glad i didn't react to that because I just right? got all, all that stuff on paper that I wanted to say, but I didn't need to say it. And now I'm, you know, and that's sometimes what we need to do. We're going to have that emotional dump that we need. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's better on a piece of paper than it is out loud, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and a lot of times when I take that journey, do the emotional process, put it on paper, instead of engaging, um, I realize that like, if I'm angry, it's as I begin to write, you know, our hands, our feet are the furthest from our mind. So they're the closest to our subconscious. So we can really tap into um, a, a deep dive in self-discovery in that process. And I usually find when somebody pisses me off, I'm simply angry at myself yeah. for either not being clear in my communication or my setting boundaries or being clear in my ask for my needs or, or so forth. So there's some giant lessons in in the depths of each of these emotions and then tuning into my body like what do i great i gained this golden nugget is there any of this left that wants to be expressed cool i can channel that into like a bruce lee workout or you know um some some shadow boxing or you know a viking roar like whatever wants to be expressed in a constructive way and that's that's alchemy that's possible with with all these energies Mm. Um, there's 
there's a beautiful way to transmute that energy into something useful. Yeah, absolutely. How did you get into all this? So you're an inner peace coach, a healer. Let's, let's go back a little bit, kind of walk us through and start wherever you feel is necessary on your journey. But I, I would love to learn more about a bit of your backstory because you're very, you're in very in tuned. I can tell you've got a great energy about you. So was it always like that or was that like a process like the rest of us? <laughs> it's definitely a process. Definitely a, definitely a journey. Uh, a, a lot of awakenings along the way. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my fascination has always been that human bodies, these are the, this is the greatest technology on the planet that I know of. And yet we um, still seek it in, <laughs> you know, computers and, and, um, and smartphones. So, my study was um, kinesiology, graduated from Washington State and minor in health and wellness, um, became a trainer. And then um, I actually, you know, was out of integrity a lot of ways um, as I would take on like 10 clients a day and try to like, you know, help as many people as I could, super gung-ho. And then years of that like, really um, paid a toll on me and and eventually, you know, I was just packing all these emotions and not, not wanting to feel it, right? So then I um, became uh, more addictive and had more vices with, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, like seeking pleasure and running from pain. And, and um, you know, I had the feather <laughs> from the universe say, hey, you're a little out of alignment, you know, didn't listen, maybe made some temporary changes and then and then eventually get hit with a brick, you know, it might be a, a pretty nasty, like hangover from a weekend going out too much or something. And then um, if I didn't make any drastic changes, then I found myself um, up in Mammoth snowboarding with some friends and it was a full on blizzard, like just snow coming every which way. You could barely even see a couple feet in front of you. Was, everything was white. And, um, so it was kind of exciting, you know, we're like, hey, we're the only ones up here. Let's just stay low and be ready for anything. And we started charging the mountain. And um, I found myself all of a sudden going off a jump. It felt like a cliff I didn't even know was there. And so I remember time slowed down. I was freaking out in midair and like tensed up. And so when I hit, the impact was like a lightning bolt on my low back. I just felt oh. this, like, this, you know spinal just compression and it was the most immense physical pain i'd experienced and and then here i am on the middle of the mountain and my friends are already down and i'm yelling to them i'm looking at my phone it's dead so i i sat there in so much pain and i had to channel my like inner spartan warrior just to you know click my boots off my, my uh, board off and try to slide down sitting on it to get down the mountain. And eventually, uh, you know, I make it down and I go see all these doctors and they're showing me x-rays and telling me how jacked up I am. I might never move the same again. And then I need surgery. And, you know, I just didn't feel good with my intuition. So that I made a promise that I would, um, try the self healing journey and natural means before, um, even considering surgery. And uh, that was a painful um, promise. But in that is where I had a huge awakening. Um, it dropped me deeper into meditation, 
Um, I had to sit there. I could barely crawl to the bathroom at one point. I was in so much pain that I had to just surrender to all the emotions that I was trying to hide and suppress and, and resist um, from fear of not knowing if I'd ever move the same again, shame of not even being able to stand up straight and get to work and, um, and like guilt and all the full gauntlet of just like one by one feeling through all this and realizing that there's like immense lightness and liberation on the other end of that. You know, um, just like after a good cry, it's like, wow, I feel much lighter. And, and so, um, I had an intention in a meditation to be open to receive all answers to healing this naturally. And in that meditation, I remember getting a text from a friend. And when I opened my phone after it was a buddy I hadn't heard from in years. And he said, Hey, I heard you messed up your back pretty bad. Check out neurokinetic therapy. And this is the work of David Weinstock. And that took me down this rabbit hole of just this amazing way of getting answers from the body um, that just connected so many dots for me. And so I knew that was my path. My very first session of NKT, I walked in there looking like Shakira, like stuck in a mid-hip dance move. Like my upper body's over here. My hips are over here. I was a mess. And she worked on some she did some found that i was holding all this tension in my jaw that was inhibiting the connection to my glutes and i just had all these epiphanies and realized like as we release the jaw all of a sudden my glutes start firing again and i was like wow this is where i was holding all this anger resentment even revenge and so we opened up those channels of energy to flow again, all of a sudden these muscles are turning back on and I can stabilize my spine again and I hop off the table and I'm like, whoo, I feel like a new man. Like I was 90% better in one session. So it was Whoa. this huge gift, an epiphany of like, this is my course, this is my direction. And so that immense pain brought me um, back into alignment with my purpose by listening to the messages. and. So then I um, studied under David Weinstock, brilliant man, doing amazing work. And every course I took was just a fire hose of incredible information. I couldn't wait to implement it. So that elevated my career big time from this trainer that, you know, didn't know much about injuries and um, pain in the body to like this really cool method of helping people understand why they're experiencing pain, how to clear it. And, um, just getting answers from the body. So it was a uh, really fascinating. Saw a lot of common denominators as I began that practice. Um, uh, I mentioned jaw. That's a really common one. Even with um, <clears throat> men, a lot of times right side jaw would be over compensating, like super tight on the right side. Interesting. <clears throat> and it's like a neurological traffic jam for other muscle groups throughout the body. And it could Tension, be- right? Because we're yep. grinding your- yeah. Right. And so that grinding, um, there's usually some emotional um, elements underneath that and some metaphysics that we address as well. And so um, this began a really powerful um, healing journey for myself and that I got to help others with these tools. And a lot of the men that I was seeing um, kind of had this common denominator that their jaw was overcompensating for their intrinsic core muscles meaning that this was like a neurological traffic jam. So they weren't getting a good signal, good activation in their 
core muscles, the transverse abdominis, which is like, your, this is your internal weight belt. And this should be firing like milliseconds before you do any move to stabilize your spine. And so when you're not getting a good signal there and activation, it doesn't matter how many sit-ups you're doing. <laughs> like you, you can do them until you're blue in the face. You're just working out your jaw and all the other muscles because- Oh, that's yeah, crazy, man. It's really fascinating. And so I was able to um, show them how to, how to correct that and where and the compensation patterns were, were developed and how to turn those muscles back on. Simple uh, bulletproof core technique I'd share with them and instantly they're back in alignment and stronger. Like you can, once you get good at activating this technique, it's, it instantly makes you stronger in everything you do because it's turning on your internal weight belt. So really profound um, golden nuggets I gained along that way. And then as I dove deeper finding these common denominators, um, the jaw was typically um, a lot of emotional, so emotionally suppressed energy. It was really common with men, um, you know, not knowing a constructive way to deal with anger or showing sadness. Um, and so even like resentment, revenge, um, this can all get stored as issues in our tissues. And then it shuts down areas in our body and causes pain and injuries, which is just the check engine light. So it's a really good um, indicator and message that we can be grateful for because it's showing us what's going on to try to prevent us from a major breakdown. Dude, this is so interesting. And the first thing that comes to me that I want to ask you is how challenging was learning this new philosophy versus what you learned in school through mm you know, what you're doing with kinesiology because mm. what you're learning there, that must have been really tough to wrap your head around it because you guys, I know you don't learn this kind of stuff, right? And how did you, did you have a resistance? Like, this is bullshit. There's no way. Or were you open-minded or what was that dialogue like within yourself? Because I know a lot of people when they go from one, one way to the other, it's really hard to wrap your head around. And then the people it's so hard for them to believe because it's like they don't think right. that stuff is real, right? right? They don't believe in why the body doesn't talk to each other. Like there's a lot, it's a lot of a different philosophy, right? Like how did sure. you deal with all that? Um, you know, dropping in learning NKT was simply the next level that helped me connect a lot of these dots. And then I learned <laughs> kinesthetically, right? By yeah. doing so for me to gain a physical experience from it, like literally feel that in my body, a direct experience, like that's where I have the epiphany, you know, oh, right. that okay. it was like, wow, this works. Not only does it work, like this can help a lot of people. And so that was my funk. Yes. And that was my like, yes, following my highest excitement. I want to learn everything about this and, and how to implement it. And um, so, yeah, that was a huge evolution. And then, you know, from that, getting to practice on so many people, then noticing the emotional component and even the metaphysical elements that were that are also underlying a lot of these um, issues in the body and these compensation patterns. And so um, really coming from a holistic perspective and, and um, offering um, that type of guidance for others to become their own greatest healer is just like some of the greatest fulfillment you yeah. can imagine seeing seeing people get incredible results like that is like um yeah it was a game changer you know and so 
um, that really um, took me on a deep dive with um, noticing where I could gain more emotional intelligence and and help people in that regard as well. And that's how I created the emotional intelligence process and super simple journaling process, like you mentioned, and yet it's so effective. And it even incorporates um, going back into some reparenting, into uh, where this, where these emotions, these feelings came up originally, you know, somewhere in our childhood where we didn't feel safe, we didn't feel supported, um, and we weren't able, we didn't have the tools um, to, to deal with that at the time. So then um, we create these programs, right? Coping mechanisms. And those coping mechanisms will continue to show up through our life over and over again in different ways until we get to realize where the root of it came from and how to repattern that. And so that's some of the the deep level work that um, that inner shift creates a huge um, external game changer in, in people's reality. That's been a really, really fun deep dive this work because, you know, a lot of that is um, subconscious. And um, so using this process, it allows us to go there and bring consciousness to these places that we weren't aware of before. And then, um, and then bring the support, the safety, and um, that level of uh, holding space for the younger version of ourself and allowing that energy to metabolize within our body. And then all of a sudden on the other end of that is like this huge liberation, um, freed up energy, and you notice that, wow, that pattern doesn't show up anymore in my life, <laughs> you know? So specifically for, let's say, people with anxiety, Mm -hmm. Right. I know that can be related to trauma. It can be related to a lot of things, but like, what are some of the things, the techniques that you do to help people with that? And what do you see as the most common, like, where is it stored? Like, where, like, can you mm -hmm. just walk us through that a little bit and unpack anxiety a bit? Cause I know a lot of people get it and sure. this is really, this hearing about this is really, really interesting, man. Yeah. It's fascinating stuff. Um, and Anxiety is um, is different for each person, you know, but yeah. we've, we've categorized it. And so if we first begin with a reframe, um, because even the word anxiety has a charge to it, right? It does. It's like we think the word anxiety has like a, a, a somatic response in our bodies when we hear it. And so imagine if we just change that to what it really is, energy. And if we call it energy and it's a lot of energy moving right through our body mm. at the same time it's usually up in here and then it can some people will feel it in their gut their solar plexus or heart can be even be in throat so noticing where it's showing up in our body is gives us clues and as to um, what's going on and where the root of it is right and then um, using some powerful tools to go from a state of super anxious to um, dropping down to a state of more rest and digest and, and peace. Um, one of the greatest tools is right under our nose, right? Breath work. And um, so I offer a really simple technique that um, just takes not even a, a minute to get uh, a, a somatic response from and allow us to kind of come down that scale from fight or flight to a little bit more rest and digest. And then from there we can um, begin to 
access more answers, right? And, and go a little deeper into the layers of where that's really coming from. And, and for, for everybody is different. Like you mentioned, um, a lot of it roots from trauma, right? And so um, when it continues to come up and show up in different situations, um, there's something underlying that, that again, a point in our life that we weren't feeling safe or weren't feeling supported or weren't getting our needs met, right? So when you're able to go through this process and actually provide that support and safety and um, to that version of yourself, then it's like unraveling that program so that, that that part of you isn't just stuck in this pattern. And the reason that it keeps showing up and that you can actually be grateful when you feel these experiences um, is because it's showing us, our bodies are so intelligent, it's showing us where to look. It's showing us what gets to be healed. So if it shows up, what, to lean into that more? Or? Well, well, first, um, you know, it's different for everyone. So, yeah, yeah um, I know it's a very broad, it's mm-hmm. a broad term and it could even be right. excitement in some cases, you know, right. a bit of anxiety is normal. And that's another great reframe, right? Is yeah. like, you know, I used to get excited before I used to get um, anxious before I would go on stage. Right. Yeah. And I would like be tapping my foot and like, you know, and I noticed the whole experience in my body. I'm like, dude, I'm not running from saber tooth tigers here. Like, why am I freaking out inside so much? Mm. You know, and I almost found it fascinating that I'm going to speak with a, a, a bunch of human beings and share an important message. Like, why am I having this fight or flight response of anxiety right now. And so, um, so that reframe was really key that this is energy and that um, it's actually a level of excitement because there's fear there, right? So as I did this process and dove into, wow, where did this fear originate from? Oh, it was like, you know, getting laughed at in class in like third grade, right? So went all the way back to this version of myself that, um, you know, had this um, t- minor traumatic, but it felt like the biggest thing ever, you know, and at that time and not having the tools, the support and the safety to, to move through it. So then instead I developed these coping mechanisms, right? It was like, um, just don't feel this or don't show it. Right. So that created this pattern of me de- declaring that I was emotionless, like I could control my emotions and, and that served me for a long time because it was a huge step up from that fear state, but it also ended up as a lot of pain in my body because it was a lot of repressed emotions, right? Yeah. So then each one, I, had, I got to unpack each one little by little, and um, it, it took me on this amazing self-discovery journey of like, wow, that third grader needed my support. You know, he needed yeah. me to, to be there for him through that and to, to give him some new tools and there's just know that he's not alone in that and that um, it's okay to be afraid. It's mm-hmm. okay to feel fear and that we can acknowledge that and then that, um, <clears throat> that we're in it together. And then it's like little by little, it's like, wow, now I can connect with that version of myself and he's like excited to hold my hand and see what else we've created in this life. Yeah. You know, and then it's like this, this kid's back to happy and wanting to play on the playground. And then all of a sudden it like unravels that energy and metabolizes that energy in my body. And then all of a sudden, 
whoo, hallelujah. You know, I feel so much more free and, and liberated. And it's, um, it's amazing work. It's like, you know, and there's so many examples of this doing this inner work, how it shifts. You know, I don't get the same level of, um, anxiety in speaking on stages now. It's like, it's actually like mostly excitement. Mm. So it's kind of like fun and easier to tap into this place and connect my heart with my mind and then share from there. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this anxiety is a really interesting thing because, you know, it can come from when you're in the womb. It can come from, you know, if you're a, a past life mm-hmm. person, you know, there, there's, there's so many things that it can show up as that we don't even realize. And a lot of people don't even realize some of the traumas until they do plant medicine, you know. Mm-hmm. And for me, for myself, the reason I talk about anxiety is because it's been something that I've had for a long time that I underst when I was a kid, I always wondered what my mom was talking about when she talked about anxiety. She'd get anxiety attacks and I never understood it. But it wasn't until I started playing around with like bad, you know, a lot of like party drugs and in my early twenties where I noticed bad anxiety when I had I smoked a bit of weed and then I got this anxiety attack. And I felt that feeling like, oh, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. And over time, things got a little worse and I started to get that panicky, racy feeling like I'm going to die feeling that a lot of you guys listening have probably had that if you've never experienced it, you wouldn't understand. Like my dad never understood anxiety. He, he was like, what is this? What are you talking about? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's really an interesting thing because you can, you, can, you can tweak it and you can fix it and you can understand what brings it on, but it still sort of shows up and you know, there's different levels of it. And I just find it so interesting because like, it's been one of these things that has really gotten the way for me in doing a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's, it, it's amplified through, you know, if you don't sleep or you have alcohol or too much caffeine and it's just held me back personally a lot. That's why I think, and I think a lot of people suffer a, a different level of anxious, anxiousness. So yeah, I mean, it's really, and learning about it now and just feeling and knowing that there are ways to kind of get rid of it. I don't know if it ever goes away because there is a good amount of anxiety. Like you said, mm-hmm. you go on stage and it's like, that's a good, it's a healthy, like mm-hmm. if you're not nervous to go and speak with people and you can't frame, like it's a little bit strange. Like you should get a little excited, right? right? Like if you're going to play a big game, like mm-hmm. maybe reframe the word from anxious to excited or whatever. But, um, yeah, man. I just, it's, it's, I've been even trying to master this within myself because it's, it's really held me back. And mm-hmm. it's, it's fascinating how like as we do the work and when you do stuff like meditation and when you do journaling, it really just softens it and mm-hmm. can't put my finger on it. But when those yeah. things aren't done, like in the morning, <clears throat> and I want to get in your morning routine too, I really mm-hmm. notice there's a heightened effect. And I know that I have control to a certain aspect. And I didn't take control of it. Right. 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 No, I can totally relate with you. And it's interesting you mentioned um, cannabis. You know, it's um, that was one of my coping mechanisms. Charles Mm -hmm. 1.0. And then finally decided like, okay, this relationship with marijuana is becoming um, 
you know, unhealthy at this point. And I had all kinds of signs. And so then I created space from it and did this process and realized that <clears throat> I didn't want to feel grief. <clears throat> Smoking, right? Lungs. So in Chinese medicine, we understand lungs represent, you know, our grief. So interesting how, you know, then you zoom out and you got like COVID attaches in the receptors of the lungs, right? And you got, um, you know, our, our brother that's, you know, getting choked out and he can't breathe, right? Like all these common denominators. So there's always these signs showing us, right? So for me, it was like, oh, where am I not? Where am I resisting grief? Of course, like I haven't fully processed losing my mom and my dad. So I got to go deep into experiencing the depths of grief, like deeper than I had before and shed a lot of tears. And, and then even in the depths of that grief and that sadness, realizing like, man, this is, there is gold here. Like the fact that, you know, we can release liquid emotions as humans and let that go just like trees let go of leaves in the fall so that they can grow even further and for me it was a sign of like wow if i'm this sad i'm feeling this much grief that shows how much i loved these people like how much love how much i just went all in and love these people so much that it hurts this bad um to not have them here with me physically and so i actually found a deep level of um, of understanding with death at that point, and it'd been so close to me in my life that that uh, really reached a new level of appreciation for life. You know, Thank you for contrast. sharing that, man. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, going through that, I've gone through it as well. Not both parents, but you know, it's that's it's hard to imagine and. I don't know if you uh, want to go into that more or not, but I think, you know, that being able to, being able to, it's one of those things where you think it doesn't, it's not going to happen to you and it's going to happen to someone else. And when it does, it's like a real different feeling and you are, you almost get a sense of empowerment that, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to, you know, be the victim or are you going to take this and do something with it? And I went through the same thing when I lost my brother and my dad, same mm -hmm. thing. It was like, you could easily go and get on the bottle and drink mm -hmm. yourself into a, a, a coma. Or, you know, you say like, well, what is this here? What is this? Why am I being shown this? Like, what is this? Right. Mm -hmm. How do I turn this into a positive, even though it's the hardest thing. And we rarely really grieve enough. You brought that up and I got goosebumps because I know that there's times when I do breath work and there's times when I do things that I, I ball like, like a little mm -hmm. kid for my dad because I see him and then I go, wow, mm -hmm. I still haven't processed this enough. It's beautiful, yeah. brother. That's it. That's it. And, and it comes in layers like that. You yeah. know? It's when I think like, oh, man, I've done so much work on this. And um, I'm like totally at peace with, with that. And then boom, I'll get hit again, you know, looking through an old photo album or like, or just feel them with me, you know, energetically. And like, <clears throat> and, and it's, it's like tears of appreciation now, you know, mm -hmm. like that I was able to fully share everything that was in my heart with them while they were with me here in physical form.
as far as I knew how, you know, like that. How long ago was this? Uh, my father passed three years ago and, and my mother when I was 10. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I've been very close to death and, and then that, that shift, like years and years of, you know, um, processing all those emotions or trying not to, and then really diving into each of them and realizing that, man, this is all part of the human experience. Like we're here to feel the full spectrum of emotions and there's value, there's value in each one. And it's sad that our society, um, you know, shuns so many, the expression of so many of them, right? Like if somebody's depressed and there's a emotional ladder and they experience anger and they're like, you know, fed up and they're feeling this anger and they express it in some way. And then it, somebody else is like, dude, that's unacceptable. You can't do that. And they just get knocked right back down into depression again. When yeah. in fact, that person that, that shunned them might not know that, wow, that was a huge step up from the level of depression energetically that they were at and that they were making their way up to like, wow, from hopeless to hopeful. And that, um, and you know, anger is a, an energetic uh, igniting change, right? It can yeah. be a very powerful emotion. So it's a huge step up from depression. And yet without awareness, um, people kind of can easily get knocked back down into uh, the depths of depression. And <clears throat> that was the case for my mom. Mm. So um, under coming to an understanding of that really well, and that everything is temporary, um, you know, with becoming a father now, you know, sweet baby Sophia is not even two months old now. And so that whole journey was just immense initiation after initiation of like thought that I'd been on this spiritual path and done so much work, but man, it was like getting hit with, wow, I get to heal this too. And I get to heal this. And, and that owning that and honoring that process, because man, every layer that I get to heal of this, these old programs, these old, um, you know, perpetuating emotional um, programs that were carried on from generation to generation, it gets to end here. It gets to end here. Like that pain, that suffering doesn't need to continue on with my daughter and, and my future kids, you know, so that is, that's an, that's an honor to get to step into that deep healing work and, and um, for, the betterment of future generations. There's a question that just popped mm. into my head that I just thought about if I was a dad and now you're a dad is that now that we know about how absorbent the brain is from a certain age of all the stuff mm-hmm. they're storing, how, because for me, I just thought, man, I'm going to be so paranoid about what goes into their brains because mm-hmm. it's going to be stored as some sort of trauma later, but then look where we are. Do we have to just allow things to happen? And then they're going to have to deal with that because the more you control it, it's like the more that's not being like a natural process because sometimes you got to go through shit in order to figure it out. But it's like, how do you deal with like, wow, what do, how do I monitor what's going in into her, into her psyche? Like, how do, like, do you kind of let it happen or are you really like conscious? Because I know my parents had no idea until, and, and now most people don't. We, we don't give credit enough to the kids that are growing up on how much they can absorb. Right. 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 Totally. That's a great question. And that's how I used, that's how I was able to access the medicine of forgiveness 
from my parents because I came to the acceptance they were doing the best they knew how mm. with what they had, you know, just like everyone, right? And, um, <clears throat> and so, and then coming back to the level of trust, like we said at the beginning, where how is this all happening for me? And when we turn that lens on of curiosity of like, wow, even though this hurts immensely and this is like brutal um, initiation in life, like how is it happening for me? And when we, then we can find those golden nuggets, those lessons like so much faster with that intention and, and move through it in a, in a, in a graceful fashion. And so um, I have deep trust that she's, she's my teacher, man. She's not even yeah. two months old yet. And she's, she's the greatest teacher. Like, the patience of just like this new level of love that I didn't even know was possible. And, and so um, I'm grateful that I have some really amazing tools for, you know, understanding what I know as a parent and, and um, you know, being able to validate her emotions and, and help her through that and be there, that support, that safety and that container for her through those experiences so that she doesn't have to pack on as much trauma as I did, mm. you know? And so <clears throat> to answer your question, it's doing the best I can. And, yeah. and, and to do that, it, it, it comes back to like my practices that work well for me. And that's like owning my morning. That's like, you know, coming, using my tools to come back into alignment when I get thrown off my, my, uh, you know, center, you know? So as we all do walk us through your morning routine. <clears throat> Oh man, it's been, it's been so fun. Um, I call it the MBM practice. It's a movement to release resistance in the body and letting go of some of the, the tension the issues and then um, contraction expansion and then breath work so that we get to um, open up new possibilities within us, bring in more life force energy and then meditation. And the meditation's um, really attuned with the intention that we set and embodying that as if we're experiencing that manifested already in real time. So there's some really cool um, codes that um, it's been a lot of fun during quarantine. I, I, I was inspired to share this morning ritual um, on, you know, Facebook lives. I still have a few up and then that transformed into zoom calls. And now we have a whole high vibe tribe that meets every Monday at 10 AM central standard time. And I, you know, get to guide them through. We all go through it together, this amazing process to come back into alignment and just provide self-healing tools. And so it's been a real joy and a, a high level of excitement for me because, um, you know, feedback's been really fun and, and it allows everybody to really own their morning and, and kind of pick and choose what resonates with them and then incorporate that into their morning routine so they can really um, find alignment when we fall out of it, you know? It's okay to forget as, as long as we remember. <laughs> yeah. Amazing, man. Um, if you had to gift one book to somebody, this is read out of Tim Ferriss. Mm -hmm. If you had to gift one book to somebody, what would it be? Great question. Uh, definitely Untethered Soul. Oh, dude, such a good book, man. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, it's short, it's sweet. It's so potent. It's a life changer. And it's one of those that you can just pull off the shelf and like open any page. And it was like, Oh yeah, I needed to be reminded. Yeah. Of this right I did it on audiobook, and it was amazing. Awesome. Like, man. So good. So good. That's been a game changer for me that I love sharing. I 
I gift that one to a lot of clients. That's yeah. awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. Where, um, if we want to learn more about you, where's the best mm-hmm. place and what are you working on right now? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> you know, because I had so much impact with men's groups, um, I was inspired to create uh, men's group journeys because that is such an amazing container that we create for safety, support, accountability, and really help people um, create their life by design instead of by default and, um, and move through some of these, this healing. We get to do it together instead of running off to the old you know, man cave and, and trying to process everything on our own. That's kind of the old school way of doing it. So um, that inspired empowered men's group training. And um, so we have a mastermind. We have um, a really cool online course. And um, that's been amazing to witness the results the men have gained. You know, guys like moving through fear from uh, having passion of like stand-up comedy to now they're doing it every week, you know, on stages. And like some guys were... Um, went from almost homeless to knit to landing their dream home from using these steps and um, easy manifestation. And so it's a, uh, it's really been a joy. Um, so I'm actually after the quarantine, I've uh, been offering a level of that for, um, for uh, a big discount lately, just to, to really inspire um, more men of what's possible and just offer a buffet of, self-healing tools if they feel called and resonate with it. So that's been, um, that you can find, um, our website is at charlesclay.coach and, and then, um, it's easy to reach me Facebook as well. Um, Instagram is charlesclay.coach and, um, email is connect at charlesclay. So, um, yeah, those are easy ways to reach out. Um, also, people that feel inspired to join the high vibe tribe in uh, morning rituals on Mondays. Um, we have an amazing crew. So <clears throat> just reach out, feel free to um, shoot me a message on, on Facebook or, um, you know, I like to really connect with people and, and dive in. I'm, uh, um, I like to keep my, instead of like six degrees of separation, like come back to zero. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, um, you know, simple message, reaching out any of those that you feel called to, I'm happy to, um, give you the resources. And even those that, that, that aren't aligned to work with me, we just have compiled so many amazing resources. So, um, I think big message signing off would be, you know, um, have the courage to ask for help when you need it. You know, we don't have to do it alone anymore. There's so many great healers, um, so many great coaches, so many great resources available now to really um, up-level and help support people through this process, this, this journey to um, back to alignment. So mm. um, take advantage of that. Mm. It's awesome, dude. We'll have all mm. that in the show notes, all over mm-hmm. here to check you out. It's awesome, man. I love the work you're doing. I'm super grateful for this conversation, man. This is awesome. Time flies as always, brother. right? Yeah. Um, to wind up, last question, I always end it. We probably touched on it already, but just to have a formal question. What is one lesson that adversity has taught you? Mm. Yeah, um, so many. I love, I love this question. Um, I think every single challenge has taught me these 
amazing golden nuggets. So just tuning into one right now. Um, given the example that I used, like pain can be one of our greatest teachers. Um, and so can joy on the other end of that spectrum. It's like when we're feeling joy and the highest excitement, boom, we're on the path of our purpose of, you know, what lights us up most. And we need more people stepping into that path. And so um, I'd say both ends of the spectrum have been really powerful lessons for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Powerful, dude. Mm-hmm. Man, thank you so much, man. This mm-hmm. was awesome. <laughs> Likewise, brother. You got yourself a podcast yeah. yet or what? <laughs> I'm working gonna, on it. You're going to need one. You man. Know, you got I, it. it's, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying uh, you know, the tour of podcasts. Awesome. It's been fun awesome, dropping dude. in conversations like this with you. Love what you do. Just want to take a moment to honor you on sharing such an important message and um, really stepping up. Appreciate you. Thank you, man. I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody, make sure you check out Charles. He's got lots of awesome resources and info, and you'd be crazy not to. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this was, this was awesome. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm sure it's not the last time we'll be chatting. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Stay on top of these things. Hit that subscribe button on Apple. Leave us a review if you can, if you got value. Or if this hit strong accord with you, share it in your story on social media. Share it with a friend. I know that this is a powerful conversation, and I'm pretty sure that this would have hit home with some of you. So if you got value, let us know. All right? Much love. Stay safe. Love you guys. Take care. Catch you next time.